Hi, Brandon Monroe here, and you're listening to the Bernie Breakdown. For the second time, NASCAR decided to bring its all-star race to the Texas Motor Speedway. Unfortunately for them, there's a lot more bad to talk about than good after this weekend. I'm Brandon Monroe. Alongside me, as always, is Mark Chavez. I'm sure we just want to jump right into what happened in the cup race. That's all everybody is talking about. But as always, we're going to start with the beginning of the weekend, starting with the truck series, where an unfortunate trend for us seems to be continuing here, at least in terms of predictions. Going back a couple months when we did our predictions in terms of the uh, playoffs for the Cup Series, we had Christopher Bell out. He's turned into one of the fastest drivers in the series. Our second set of predictions, we had Kurt Busch not making the playoffs, and he decided to go out and win Kansas. Now here in the Truck Series, after last week, we pretty much wrote Stuart Friesen off in terms of a legitimate contender. And what does he go out and do? Just snap a 53-race winless streak. Well-timed win, very consistent that whole race, very dominant performance, although he didn't win the stages, but that is something I don't think any of us saw coming out of that team. Yeah, it was pretty surprising. They'd been struggling as of late. Uh, So to just go out and have such a dominant run was pretty surprising, but, I mean, they went out, they got it. It was a crazy couple of uh, laps there, side-by-side with Christian Eckes for... A good, like a lap and a quarter trying to see who was going to be able to get that win. But Stuart Friesen came out on top, got his first win in almost, or I guess over two years, almost two and a half years. Yeah. I, I mean, that racing at the end of the race made me, it gave me hope for the whole weekend. <laughs> I thought the truck yeah. series race was pretty solid. It was solid. It, it didn't give me a lot of hope for the weekend, though, just because there were a lot of, I don't, didn't really like the way the trucks raced. They were way too, momentum dependent mm-hmm. uh and they already can kind of hold it full throttle through everywhere uh but it was just so much so you would you burp the throttle you lose four spots i did not that did not inspire comfort in me going in the rest of the weekend that's fair i i would agree with that too you know some degree, maybe maybe a lot of a degree. But, you know, I, I was entertained by the race. I, I actually thought, in terms of the actual racing, it might have been the best all weekend. Oh, I mean, yeah, for sure. It was. It was. Yeah, so that was... Low bar, but it was. Yeah. <laughs> Low bar. But that is what the bar was set at. Um, yeah, Friesen, again, led 60 laps. Um, you know, some normal suspects up there. Christian Eckes, one of those Thor Sport hot and cold drivers. He was very hot tonight. Led yeah, 40 laps on on Friday. Yeah, uh, yeah, on his, Friday. Yes, not tonight. On Friday, it was um, his best finish since Vegas last fall, mm-hmm. and actually the most laps he led since Texas won back in 2020. Yeah, so very is, strong run by. I him. would not be. He doesn't make in terms of when we were doing our predictions for this year. <laughs> he doesn't make that list of first time winners because he already has a win. <laughs> but I would not be surprised to see him get his second. He has now had six top. Uh, four top sixes in the last six races. and I mean, that's not even including the race at Las Vegas where he was battling yeah. Kyle Busch mm-hmm. for the win and he ultimately wrecked himself. Um, Ryan Priest, uh, one stage, one and two, led 27 laps, finished third, did have a little bit of an issue with Chris Janekis on a restart where they made some contact. The back end of his truck kind of got bowed out. 
led to him coming down pit road and having to fix it during one of the yellows. He he did rebound, like I said, for third. So strong run for him. I know over the last couple of weeks with silly season beginning to heat up, I think we all had him pinned to take over the 10 for Eric Amarola. There's a, the Kyle Bush rumors, which I don't think have a lot of momentum to them. But if Kyle's going to go anywhere, the 10 seems to be a possible landing spot. And then we heard on Corey LaJoy's podcast, uh, possibly John Hunter Nemechek to that car as well. So Ryan Priest, I, I think he needed a good run like this. You know, we knew he could run good in this car. He's had some close calls so far this year, but this was probably his best race and it came at a pretty good time for him. Yeah, I don't. I don't know who I personally would want, John Hunter or Priest, but Priest deserves a competitive ride somewhere. Mm-hmm. Four four starts in the trucks this year, four top tens, two top fives. He's very in the truck that other guys have struggled to run top ten in. Uh, he clearly has talent. He just he needs to be full time somewhere next year. I, I whether it's whether it's Cup or not, I I don't really care. He just deserves to be full time somewhere. Yeah, I. I would agree with that 100%. You know, I, I'm a big Priest guy being from the Northeast. Watched him a lot in the Modified Series. His time for, at JTG, you know, that I mean, is what bad. it is. They were bad. Yeah, were, it was bad. It was he, bad. It's not like just he was bad. Stenhouse was up and down. And right. Even when Busher was there, he was up and down. Personally, if I'm Priest, like, I'm sure the 10 comes with more money. I don't know that I want the 10. Right now, I, with how Ford's been, I would agree. I, I think you, you not very many guys get two chances in somewhat decent, although I don't think the J, I don't know that during most of that time, JTG would even qualify as decent. Uh, but very few people get two shots at Cup. For If he were to go to the 10 and potentially flame out, very, very few get three. Mm-hmm. So I, personally, if my choices are a competitive... Maybe I take the 10 over a, a truck ride, but if I, you know, if there's a, you know, maybe the 90, the 98, depending what happens with, um, with Herbst. But if there's a competitive ride in the Xfinity series, I probably take that over the 10. If I'm trying to think long-term, especially if, if, uh, Stuart Haas doesn't pick it up by the end of the year. Yeah. I, that's. It's a tough call because you don't want to get stuck in the lower series forever. But at the same time, you're 100% right. How many times have we seen a guy get a second shot in the Cup Series, it not go well, and that's pretty much the end of their career? Obviously, Priest wouldn't want that. I don't know if the 98's on the table because I, I do feel like I, I feel like if Herbst is out of that car, it might go to Haley Deegan. So that might be a hard ride to you know snatch up even with his ties to Stuart Haas and Kevin Harvick. You know, if depending on what he can bring, they have had two cars not too long ago. Mm-hmm. So they could go back up to two. The Xfinity series is gonna get a little bit weaker next or next year at least, so that's true. Looking at some of these other drivers, Zane Smith, uh very uncharacteristic. Yeah, you, I uh, I <laughs> Tweeted about him during the week, and the curse goes both ways. It really That's... does. Tweeted about him during the week. He had had crossed the start-finish line in the top 10, dating, I think it was like the last 10 races dating back to last year. Uh, obviously, after throwing that asterisk, because they got DQ'd at uh, Las Vegas, but they crossed the start-finish line in the top 10 every race this year, dating, and I think the last two races of last year, and then they go and have their issues finish at the back. 
So that's uh, his first real bad day of the year, ignoring the disqualification at Las Vegas. Haley Deegan, 17th again. I'm liking I mean, that she stayed out of trouble. That's yeah, really what I say about that. She stayed out of trouble. This isn't a good thing necessarily, but, but this was just the second time this year she's had back-to-back top 25 finishes. Yikes. <laughs> now they are, you know, she's now, last week, tied her best, finished the 17th, finished 17th again this week. Was hoping for a little bit more after one of her more solid qualifying efforts and had some speed in practice too, but they just kind of slid back and were in that like 12th to 17th spot all day for the most part. Mm-hmm. Uh, Carson Osovar continued another yeah, strong another run for, he's so been in the top four, three of the last four races. Yeah, he, he started back in 20th, so that was a. Uh pretty has, solid way to get up through the field and a track pretty hard to pass at has already equaled last year's top five numbers and we're only what now 10 races into the season nine races nine, nine races, races okay yeah so. um ty majeski another guy who's been pretty hot lately uh three straight top fives did have John, a little dust up with Derek Krause in the race as well. So he did, but you Good know, to still see him kind of overcome that. Yeah, brought it home fifth still. John mm-hmm. Hunter six took over the points lead. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's been the first time we had a points lead change in probably over a month in any of the series. Probably almost two, honestly. Uh, last one I think was when uh, Blaney was tied with Chase, but had the tiebreaker. Uh, because he had a better, he had, he had two fourth place finishes at the time that Chase's won. Uh, Jordan Anderson brought it on 14th. That was, he doesn't run full time here anymore. The truck does, I'm pretty sure, but he doesn't. But that was his best finish of the year. Uh, Brett Holmes brought it on 15th. It's only two, you know, this is, I feel like, the opposite of what we see with a lot of these guys, but it's two top, especially these smaller teams, but he has two top 15s this year. Uh, there were Texas and Vegas. Yeah, that's that's very odd. Normally, you see him at like plate tracks or short, short tracks, tracks, even. But... Oh yeah, Parker Kligerman in the truck. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but for only four starts, two top fifteen, Texas and Vegas, pretty solid. Uh, Jack Wood brought home his best non-plate finish of the year, and another guy that started off a little, doing you know pretty decent. Austin Winsell had three top thirteens in the first three races, and then up until Friday when he finished eighteenth, he had zero top twenties. Yeah, he's I, I follow him because I always pick him. He's kind of like that budget guy I try to squeeze in. I always end up talking myself into him doing good. It never happens. So, 18th place finish. That's that's good for him. Good for me. <laughs> yeah. Let's see some other people just to bring up. Uh, Matt Benedetto, another top ten. He's probably Third still going to need a win. 11. Yeah, still going to probably need a win to make the playoffs, but they are turning it around. Todd Bodine, another strong run. 13th well, place finish. I mean, the issue with, with De Benedetto is the guy that he needs to outpoint finished one spot ahead of him and one point more. Than, so, yeah, that's, I mean, it, and De Benedetto is so far back in points. Like, it's, well, no, but that's exactly yeah. my point. When you're that far back, you, yeah. if you wanted to point your way in, you have to certainly can't lose points, but even on a solid day, still lost a point mm-hmm. to Crafton. Yeah, I think, like I said, bring it up here in just a second when we take a little bit bigger look at the standings but there there might be some places for matt coming up where maybe just maybe i think we've already touched on it before where he could possibly get that win um like i said with bodine though another top 15 he's doing a lot better in that truck than i thought i thought he'd be back there running like in the 
twenties just trying to hang on, but he's been relatively, you know, competitive in that thing. And it's been even he finished I think twenty first when he spun at Vegas. And that has two top fifteens in his other two races, even the top ten in one of them. They've been pretty solid. And then just one other person on my list might have a couple more, but uh, Corey Heim had some issues in the pits, uh, did rally back to finish seventh. So I know at Kansas, when things started to go south, he really kind of was beginning to lose it. So to see him kind of keep under control and drive back up through the field, that's a good sign for a young driver. The KBM trucks just didn't really have race winning speed at all. I, I feel like maybe John Hunter did, but he had to start from the back, and then once he worked his way up there, they just really dropped the ball on the pit calls, I felt like. But he was he was really the only one. Like Chandler Smith, he, he I don't really think I noticed him all day. He ended up coming home in eighth, but I, I don't really think I saw him on the TV screen at all. It was a very quiet day for him. So just jumping into the standings here with the Truck Series real quick, as we already mentioned, John Hunter Nemechek going into the points lead. Uh, ben Rhodes had some issues late in the race. Ended up finishing 27th. That drops him to second in points. Only four behind, so it's still pretty close. Chandler Smith now to third, 18 behind. Stuart Friesen with his win. I believe he he might be. Was he still fourth coming into this race? He, he may have slid to fifth. I can't remember for sure. It's right around there. <laughs> to be honest, yeah. I don't pay much attention outside of the points leader. And then <laughs> looking at our cut line, which Crafton, yeah, Crafton still is the guy on the cut line. If someone were to win, it would knock him out. But the it has shrunk a bit in terms of the people that were within the race. Uh, for those outside, we're down to just Tanner Gray's continued to slide now, thirty five back of Crafton, and Derek Krause fifty seven back, almost a full race. Uh, not quite there yet, but very very close. Yeah, so we're we're definitely in that range where we've been talking about it for a while, where it's gonna take a win, and that's that's where we bring back in Matt Benedetto, and we've already mentioned it. We got Sonoma in a couple weeks. That's probably gonna be his best shot with just the lack of experience that a lot of these other guys have. Well, in the I mean, truck he series. was he was a decent road course guy too. So I mean, they go to Mid Ohio before the playoffs as well. I certainly like his chances better at Sonoma than at Mid Ohio, but I don't think either are necessarily impossible. Uh, one of the best road course racers in the series. A lot of it's going to mid Ohio. I expect there not to be any, any uh, cup guys there. Sonoma. We'll see. Mm -hmm. I would not be surprised. I think that's his biggest, the biggest thing working against him at Sonoma is I don't think it'll be a field without any, any cup guys. Yeah, that would, that would definitely be his, you know, big biggest hurdle in terms of that. And you know, we'll go to Knoxville too, where maybe one of these guys outside could do something to get a win, but those three feel like the the best chance anyone would have. And none of the that's the thing is with Knoxville's not I don't think any of them are particularly strong on dirt. Yeah, the the only person that you really hear about when it comes to dirt and that's just because of her background's Haley Deegan but she's yeah, so she's, far behind she's not even in the top 20 in points yeah the, the wind wouldn't do her any good so it really doesn't matter there it'd be a good uh, story but in terms of the playoffs at this point it, it doesn't look like it would do anything yeah on just well, I guess, I guess not based on points not really just inside but the three guys that are within a race of falling out although one of these I, I don't think he's 
Maybe mathematically, he's exactly. Yeah, I think he might be exactly a race with him falling out. Uh, Crafton has 35 on Tanner Gray. And Finger, not a great week, finished 12th. And they don't get a lot of stage points, so they can't really afford a lot of scripts. But they've been doing solid enough. Built up a 37-point lead on Tanner Gray. And Carson Hosevar, currently 59 points to the good. Which so. I uh, believe is exactly a race. Barring a win, I, I've said it. I mean, we've said it for the last couple of weeks. This is probably going to be your 10 for the postseason. Yeah, I mean, we, this is the 10 we had. We technically had a change on our predictions, but that was because they were made before Crafton got his penalty rescinded. And at that point, the only person that we had getting in was Crafton because he was out. So I, I would be pretty surprised. I think it's going to either take a big collapse like a big collapse or a win. And I, I mean, it just feels much more likely for it to be a win. I would, I would have to agree. I don't see any of these guys really falling apart. So that's probably with what we're way, looking at. With the way these trucks uh, races at the end play out a lot, I'm not, I'm more confident a truck guy would get a win than an Xfinity guy at this point. So I think there are yeah. more like Ankrum's won before. Yeah, and I mean, Benedetto doesn't have a win, but that's somebody that we think could win in the right spot. I mean, at this point, he's among the conversations, if not already the one guy that is the best all-time, having never won in any of the three series. I would also throw Kraus into that mix, because he's stone flashes before, and he's put himself in those situations where he's there late in the race. He hasn't really been able to finish him. I think his inexperience is shown in that. And, you know, there's been times where he's lining up in the second row on a late restart and he ends up finishing 16th because he just makes a crazy move. I think we saw something similar to that happen at Las Vegas uh, back in the spring. So, past those four, the only other guys that are currently eligible and in the top 20 are Timmy Hill, Austin Wayne Self, and Colby Howard. So, not to talk crap about any of them, but. But I don't, I mean, they don't have a chance in hell of winning, I, I don't think. Not at the track. Well, no, because they don't go to Atlanta. So, yeah, I don't think. Right. I don't think those guys have have a chance at all. The, the one, what's funny is I think the guy that's actually furthest back, Colby Howard, is the one that I would say is, if I had to bet on one of them to pull off a miracle, it'd probably be him. I would agree with that. He's the I one that his, has. His, those trucks have the most speed out of the three. He's he's shown a little bit. You know, this was the first race he's had problems in a while. He ended up having issues, and he finished thirty fourth. But in terms of his actual speed over the last month or so, he'd been progressively getting better. So the people that are that far back, I I think you're right on that. He's probably the guy that you take a look at. And say, and they had yeah, like I think top ten like, practice speed. Yeah, but just had issues. So, like we were saying with the truck series, we think somebody's going to have to win to get in. We probably feel that way about the Xfinity series. And for most of the day on Saturday, it's it was just par for the course. Uh, JRM, man, Junior Motorsports. Noah Gregson sat on the pole, won stage one. Josh Berry won stage two. But the restart to the third stage is where things really started to take some twists and turns. Josh Berry gets loose on the bottom racing for the lead he spins out people are checking up and ty gibbs and noah gregson their their days are pretty much done gibbs was able to recover for a decent finish but noah's damage was too much they couldn't fix the car 
then, well, they were able to fix it, but they weren't able to fix it enough because he had a tire go down a couple laps later, ultimately ending his day. That opened the door for Tyler Reddick in the, the big machine racing car. First win for that team. We thought it was going to give Reddick some momentum going into the all-star race, and fortunately we'll get to that here in a few as well. But, you know, just a, a good moment for that team. They, they'd struggled this year. They had to put Jade Buford on the bench. His future definitely seems up in the air with some of the reports I've heard. He might only be back in the car for one race, potentially the rest of the year. Tyler Reddick I mean, only having... Well, like, I get that Tyler Reddick is a great true. driver. I get that he's a great driver. But I don't really see it how he comes in, second race in, he wins. Could have had two wins if mm-hmm. Darlington shakes out a little bit differently. I don't know how you go back to Jade Buford. Like, I, I tend not to agree. if your goal is to win or so, to do well. Even here's here's my thing with it is that they could abuse the system this year because this is an often forgotten about rule when it comes to the cup driver limits. Tyler Reddick has under four years of full time, you know, cup driving, so he doesn't have that five race limit. He could race. We're past the dash for cash, so he could theoretically race every Xfinity race until their regular season finale. So it's going to be interesting to see how they play this out. They used Kaz Grala during the dash for cash. I think the only race that Buford might be penciled in for is probably Portland, because I did hear that he does have one race back in the car. There's a very real chance Tyler Reddick could be in this car until... Let's like pull up the schedule here. I should have already had that up. Until... I believe it'd be Bristol, which is the regular season finale. So he could be running until it looks like Kansas comes September in this car. Yeah, I mean, I would be surprised if if he did. I thought they updated it to only be three years. Um, I, I read four, but it, it, even if it's three and under, this is only Reddick's third season, so he'd still he'd still fall under that where he could still go. He's, it doesn't sound like he's restricted to that five race limit. We'll have to ask Bob, someone. <laughs> yeah, Bob. He's, we, he's, we don't you know, we don't get access to a rule book, so no, we just we just go off of what we read. I, everything I saw, it was four, and then. Even if they did do, even if they did change it to three and under, this is still Reddick's third full-time season, so they could use him a lot. Even even if it's not all those races, they no, probably it's, throw Kaz in the car. It's three or more. Three or more. Okay, so under four then. Or so maybe it or is more than three. Everything I read is different. <laughs> what could I say? NASCAR just not being consistent, but that. That seems like a theme for the weekend as well. <laughs> but regardless, it, it sounds like they're probably going to end up using some combination of Reddick and probably Kaz. Again, only sounds like Buford's going to be in the car, possibly for Portland. I heard he's one race, and that, that's the only one that makes sense, given that the I Cup guys are not is- there. I was gonna say, I assume Kaz is probably racing for uh, money, money racing team at Sonoma. If if he's unavailable for that's that's very well be possible. But 
back to the race itself, you know, just yeah, it was kind of getting the win. That's a that's a big deal for that team. Yeah, no, get their first career first win as a team. Reddick's uh, first win in what since his championship? Yeah, since his uh, champ the championship race at uh, Homestead back in it would have been. And uh, I mean, stole one, stole one from JRM. They were they had the best car or best overall organization speed. Yeah, led sixty six percent of the laps. Could've, I don't know. I don't know which one was the best, but they're they're all good. I would probably, I don't know. Noah had his issues early enough on that, you know, I almost want to go with Noah. But he wasn't leading at the time, so they were all good. They all had speed. Three of them still finished in the top five, and that was with uh, Algar having to drive through the field after a late tire issue and still having to drive up through the field and has now collected his third straight top five after starting the season with just two in the first nine races, things looking bleak now, three weeks in a row, they've been in contention late in the race. Had a tire issue, who knows what could have happened without it, but in contention. And even the week before the streak, that was Dega, where he was gonna, I mean, I mean, since Noah finished one, you figure worse that Agar probably would have finished was second if he didn't run out of gas. <laughs> if Noah had managed to get by him, but it was his, speaking of Noah, he meant we mentioned he crashed. This is just his second finish outside of the top four at a track a mile or bigger. And the other one was Atlanta. Uh, Which, obviously, yeah, not a normal talk, track, <laughs> not a normal track, not a normal track at all. Obviously, there's a lot of talk about AJ with his now 12th straight top 10 to start the season, most since Regan Smith in 2014, who started with three. So next week he'll go for that, see if he can tie, or 13, I mean, uh, see if he could tie Regan Smith's mark of 13. After that, we'd be chasing this for a while. The next closest after, or the next record after Regan Smith is Sam Ard. Back in 1984, he started with 23 straight top 10s. So after Regan, if uh, AJ passes Regan Smith, he'll have a bit to go to get to the next one. But I like AJ. I think it's been pretty impressive what he's done this year. But that honestly, might be a little out of reach. <laughs> it's, it's been, I think, very impressive just because those cars have not had a ton of speed. Mm-hmm. So it's not like getting twelve straight top tens at any point, not even just to start the season, but at any point is pretty impressive. But to do it with a car that just has lacked a good amount of speed. Has been very, very impressive. Uh, Sheldon Creed continued to have issues, and at this point, it's just Winter I don't bus. know, man. I don't know. <laughs> Winter bus. I I've been seeing people that are like, it's okay. He he struggled when he was in the truck series as a rookie, but not to this degree. This is some Brandon Jones level of just, for lack of a better word, at this point, failure. I mean, I don't know how many of you guys were watching back when Brandon Jones started in the Xfinity series, but he had some rough, rough, rough years at Richard Childress when he was just starting out. And this this is really reminiscent of that. I, I don't know how he turns it around at this point. He has to get a win at this point. There's not, no other way about it. They do go to Atlanta, uh, and they do go to Daytona before the cut line. So there are a couple Hail Marys they can throw, but other than that, it's just... With the issues that 
I mean, that I want to say an RCR has been having, but I'm pretty sure that Big Machine Records car is an RCR car. And... It is, and Austin Hills had some bad luck. Did he got his first uh, top five of the year at a banked non-play oval? Uh, he has, I think, I think he also had the top five at Martinsville and Austin or at Coda, in addition to uh, Atlanta and Daytona, which are effectively plate tracks. So he he still ran good. Sheldon Creed finished like twenty fifth or something. So. You, yeah. of course, cursed Ryan Sieg. I'm sorry. You're I'm never sorry. allowed to talk about him again. I, I. <laughs> the was... one time you're the one that brings him up and not me. Yeah. Um, in his top 11 streak, he goes and gets the involved only way, in the crash. The only way I could have canceled that out. Before even, so. the, the only way I could have canceled that out is if Sam Mayer won. Because I kind of, you know, you always pick up. That's true. At least you didn't curse Sam Mayer. So ended up coming home third, which you know, second of the junior motorsports guys with William Byron coming in second. Some people, there's some people out there that probably consider Sam Mayer the real winner of this race. I mean, hey, it was actually funny enough. The first one to finish by Cup guys in the Xfinity series since 2018. Uh, Watkins Glen 2018 Logano won. Almendinger, who was still full time at JTG, uh, finished second. Yeah, it's funny because I saw Brock Beard post an article after the race. It was about it's time for NASCAR to just outright ban the Cup drivers from the lower series. And I I get it because like this this was the race where you had two Cup guys in there and they they did finish one two. I don't know if that necessarily happens if um. You know, Gregson doesn't have his issues. That really shook things up because he very well could have had the best car. And even Allgaier, he had to rebound. Even from, Allgaier, yeah, he yeah. had to rebound from his tire yeah. issues. Josh Berry won a stage, and he he spun himself out too. So there there are a lot of things that happened or get Tyler Reddick in that position. I know people don't like the the Cup guys in the lower series. I think there's benefits. You see a lot of people or drivers. On social media, especially in the lower series, it's say it makes us better. It's a measuring stick. I think it's good where I they think, have it right now. Yeah, I think where they have it right now is great. I, <laughs> uh, you, because it does help to temper some expectations uh, or let you see how good a guy really is. We've talked about it a lot, and obviously, you can't perfectly forecast how things would have shaken out. But one, I don't think it's a coincidence that for a lot of these teams, as they've become unable to put their cup guys in for a majority of the races, the teams have stopped existing. Mm-hmm. I've been saying that for years. Those cup guys brought in sponsorship that, while it might not have let a guy get a full-time ride, it could, you know, they partner him with the cup guy that gets their foot in the door, and, you know, instead of being on the couch, they have a handful of races where they could showcase their stuff, and that's something that you don't see anymore. Uh, but also, I mean, we've talked about it before, you know, something like Brad back in, what, about 2009 would have won like 15 races or something. If you, you know, like I said, it's impossible to forecast because some of those seats will be taken by other people that maybe they steal a win or two from Brad. But I mean, Brad was the top finishing Xfinity guy, I guess, back at that point, it was still uh, I think it was something like I think it was even crazier. Yeah, it was. Than that. It was like half the races. So, 
I just I think I like it the way it is. I I don't I, I don't want to outright ban them. Plus, you know, there's if there were more tracks near me, I would be more likely to go to the lower series races if I know there's a cup guy in it that I want to root for. It doesn't I don't think at this point it hurts. They're not taking seats from somebody. The the 88 is literally only out there to put these cup guys in these races because I don't know why why they decided to do it to be honest, but they did. It's kind of random. Maybe it just had something to do with cuz they have a couple of other races with some other drivers lined up. They they're trying to build points, so what happened to at Darlington doesn't happen well, to like Miguel Paluto, maybe. That's, that's that is yeah. possible though. You know, most of the time, when Miguel Paluto is qualifying, they will qualify in the rain. That's true. Because <laughs> he is only doing road courses, yeah. so that wouldn't be an issue. Maybe, but, maybe Junior's going to have a secret second race this year. I mean, hey, he already talked about having a second one next year. Having two next year, so... Who knows? Like that, <laughs> maybe, maybe that's what's going to happen, but... I do want to throw out there, too, if they did get rid of these, like, if they just straight up banned them, I could see something like KBM just shutting down. See Kyle yeah, being no, like, Kyle, okay, cool. Kyle being able to, well, yeah, no, and Kyle, Kyle's existence brings in money. Mm -hmm. So there was some talk at one point of about banning them from running for their own team, which Reddick did not do. Right. You know, I mean, yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry, their yeah. cup team, their cup team. Right. I, I, I feel like it made sense, except for we were just talking about Kyle. So <laughs> that really messed up. Sorry, uh, Kyle. You can't William Byron's probably like a weird rule they'd have to figure out. Uh, Rick, Rick does own a portion of Junior Motorsports, so it might spin in that direction, possibly. But Rick's also not the sole owner of Hendrick Motorsports either. Like that's, that's also true. That's why it can get. I understand. There's a big difference when like it's. Discussing this issue for a potential JRM entry into the Cup Series, and then like how this would play out in the Xfinity Series if you're not allowed to race for your own team. It's not like they're housed in the same plot place or anything. That's actually a good point. Those shops are not connected, so I I think that would be a fair argument. Um, so I, I like it the way it is, though. Uh, if I mean. But it took a hard limiting them because it wasn't even for the championships. Because once they said you can't get the championship, there were still yeah, a couple guys running. that ran like 30, 30 some of the races. So, Arl did one year, Brad did for a while. It felt like Kyle obviously did. So, there were a couple holdovers for sure. So, I do like this because it does help. I, I, back in the like late 2000s, early 2010s, I think it was the early, early 2010s, I think it was like a mix of everything going wrong at the same time. Because uh, a lot of people blame the Cup guys for the lack of Xfinity talent in that time span. But I think it was a combination of when you really look like, like who, who, which drivers in that time span that maybe could have been good never got a shot. Like there aren't any like solid younger guys that you go, oh, well, that guy would have been could have been great. Mm -hmm. Like a lot of them just weren't that impressive. I feel like a lot of those young guys, too, if they're really that good, they would have shined through. Like, you look at Joey Logano, he came up in that time, and immediately he was out there contending mm -hmm. for wins. He won in his third start. Mm -hmm. So I'm with you. I think if one of these guys really got railroaded or something like that, if if they were really that good, they that issue wouldn't have happened. Yeah. You would have seen it. I, right. think, so it was, I think it was a lot of, like, middling guys, which is fine in a lot of other t eras that still would have led to cup rides for a lot of them. But I think it was a combination of 
the cup guys running all the races, the economic downturn really stifling a lot of these smaller teams, and then just the fact that I think that there was a just not a ton of great talent at the time. Mm-hmm. But it was it's fine the way it is. I would not would not change it again. I, but I'm with you. Yeah. I I like it where it is. Uh just to go over some other finishers in the race on Saturday, uh Ryan Truex sixth place was able to bring it home in one piece the driver did run out of talent <laughs> best finishing jgr yeah that'll uh, yeah well, mm-hmm. oh, uh, uh, i think brandon jones i think he was he got into ty gibbs he had a lot of nose damage so that definitely yeah, played yeah. His finish. yeah, kind yeah. Of, i didn't realize how much damage he had until he restarted on the front row he took the lead on that restart i know it was only for like a lap i still was, don't know how he managed weird. to do that uh, we've talked we talked about mayor already but just to want to highlight how much he's turned around the season now six top fives in the last seven races for sam mayor been very very solid since a rough start and that one non-top five was talladega and he was running up front there when he got wrecked too. So well, wasn't like he so was in just, the back. Of the pack. And he's had speed. He was running up near the front. Uh, Atlanta's Atlanta, but Phoenix he had a top ten car. I think they got two speeding penalties. Uh, Vegas they were a top five car and got involved in the crash. So he's been real good this year. Hasn't quite had that taken that step to go out there and lead a bunch of laps. Uh, they always say you got to lose one before you can win one, and he hasn't lost one yet in in that traditional sense because he's not really been there fighting for it at the end. But I do think we'll see it this year for sure. I I, I get the feeling that you're right. I feel like it's just right around the corner. I really do. Riley Herbst, though. Yes, man. <laughs> another top 10 finish now sits at six straight, ties his prior longest streak, which was back in 2020 from the Daytona road course out through Richmond and has just been clean in these races. Not, you know, you know, sometimes when you don't get noticed, it's still a pretty good thing. And for someone like Riley Herbst, it felt like he was always being noticed. This has been a pretty solid stretch. And even before that Atlanta, he finished fourth and then Coda's Coda. So dating back to Atlanta. Now that's uh, seven top tens in the last six or eight races. So been putting solid efforts together. Yeah, I, I like what I'm seeing out of him. Like it's one of those things where you're you're hundred percent right. I don't want to see Riley Herbs do bad because I don't want to sit here and trash him and say he's taking up a spot in the series. Yeah, I, I do think I've moved firmly on from him taking up a spot in the series. I, I would based agree. on what we've seen this year. I was definitely in that camp before the year started. because uh, yeah, he was caught up in things that weren't always his own doing, but Especially in racing, you do make your luck when you run around with with the crazy drivers. You get caught up in their crap, mm-hmm. and he has just done a more solid job of keeping himself near the front, uh, getting stage points, just building up a nice cushion. So I've been, I would, and I can't believe I'm saying this. I'd be sad right now if he lost his ride at the end of the year. If it depends who it's he, to. If it's Soraya sure. Priest, I won't be that sad. If it's well, Bailey Deegan, I will be I disappointed. Would, I would be sad if he didn't get another one at the bare minimum. He's been <laughs> good enough. He does have some money that I think he could land another one, but I don't think he's... When, especially with the way that JRM has 
dominated being able to put cars in the top five. Like last few weeks, I feel like they've left two spots at best for other guys in the top five. And when they're out there That's doing fair. that, it's, it's hard to get the top fives, but he's getting the top tens. And I mean, even last week, he did finish third at Darlington. So I would be sad for him because I don't, I don't think he's so far after this year, at least he doesn't deserve it compared to last year where like he had to get in. I mean, a lot, it kind of took Annette having his issues, uh, muscle right. issues, I think, or bone issues. I don't remember which. Something in his leg, I think. I think it was like a broken foot or something. Uh, it, it took him having those issues to firmly cement Riley Herbst. And a lot of people want to mention that Riley Herbst actually got past. Who was it that made it last year? Jeremy Clemens? Clemens yeah. Which like not on the very last race. And it's like, I doesn't. that's not exciting to me. Mm-hmm. But so far this year, I mean, last year... His average finish was 17.1. Year before, which was also full-time average finish, was 16. This year so far, sitting at a very solid 11.11. If he's been, if he's finished the race, he's been on the lead lap. He's only not finished one race. Just been real solid, real solid. Already almost has as many top fives as he had last year. And equaled what he had in 2020. So, he's been good. He's not... I I was going to say, he's not... To the point where, like, Sam Maris, right? Yeah, I'm not going to start. Get a win. I, I expect him to be able to compete for well, one down the stretch. Right, what I, what I was going to say was that if he ends the year and he has a win, I will not I be shocked. Be, I wouldn't be yeah. shocked at this point. No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be shocked. We've wow. seen certainly seen worse drivers come through with wins. Mm-hmm. So the other monster driver, Ty Gibbs, obviously had a couple of incidents. We talked about the one that took out Noah Gregson as well, but he was also spun out under caution earlier in the race. So had a couple problems. Yeah, that was... Some home 12. That was odd. That was, yeah, odd. That was odd. Jeb, uh, I, I don't know if Jeb knew there was a yellow and he just got up into him. Yeah. I, I don't know how many more you have. The last guy I want to highlight though, uh, we did mention him uh, prior to the race in our in our recap or our preview last week, but Stefan Parsons solid day, uh, another solid day for an Alpha Prime car. It does seem like they kind of get cursed, only have one car finish well. Uh, Ryan Ellis had some issues, but Stefan Parsons seventeenth best finish since Daytona one of last year, and his best ever finish uh, not at Daytona. Yeah, that was that was the best equipment he's been in. Might have had some help with some of the incidents there, but a very solid day, 17th. You should be proud of that. I do have Clements on here because he's had a pretty wacky year. 16th not, not good finish. compared to what yes. he had last year. Yes, uh, not, to be not honest, good at all. 16th, pretty solid. And the field, I don't, we've talked about this a lot, I think, but the, I don't, the, the top of the field might be a little weaker than last year. Uh, I don't think it's significantly weaker because while Cindric is gone, I think those like third and fourth guys are better now than they were last year. But right. I definitely think the depth that like tenth to eighteenth is better this year than it has been in a long time. It certainly feels that way. Some of those mid-tier teams do seem to be doing a lot better and i would agree with that it's it's getting a little bit harder to get like a top 15 in the xfinity series which is good which is good which is good just some other quick ones before we take a look here at the standings uh jeffrey earnhardt 19th for sam hunt still can't figure that team out i didn't know what to put like well part of the problem is like jeffrey earnhardt not a known commodity in terms of what his talent is like obviously 
hey. ran real well at Dega, but it's Dega. <laughs> it's just I I want them to put somebody in, else in the car that we we have a good measuring stick for because I'm Ryan at this Truex. point. That wouldn't, yeah, that would actually probably be a good Truex one. Because I think we can mostly all agree that John Hunter has run better than Ryan Truex, or is in at least may not finish better, but at least run better in the Joe Gibbs starts uh, this oh, year. Put Trevor Bain in the car. Trevor Bain too, I, same one. I, they, that would work need, as well. I I personally need to see somebody like that in that car so I could determine: okay, is Jeffrey Earnhardt just met, or is John Hunter Nemechek like that good? So they they need to get somebody like that I in agree. the car. For, for just myself at this point. I'm sure there's a lot of people <laughs> that agree. But it's driving me nuts now, so I, I need to see that. Yeah, no, it's just, it's hard to hard to tell, because, like, the other guys, like, it makes sense. Uh, Chandler Smith has a couple starts in there, but those were his uh, first ever Xfinity right. starts. Yeah. So I, I think one of them was at Talladega. One so. of them was at Talladega, yeah. So, like, it's, you can't really do anything with that. Mm. Ryan Trux was in that car once this year, actually. I, I thought he might have been. I couldn't remember. They've, uh, they've had a bunch finished. of people. This is being complicated. Uh, let's see. Where did he finish? He finished twelfth, uh, but that was at Daytona. So again, yeah, you can't really measure it there. So Sam Hunt, I know you're not listening, but if by chance you are, figure out to figure out a way to get somebody in the car just to please myself. Um, couple other quick ones here. Ryan Ellis, we already mentioned him. Got involved in the crash. Finished thirtieth. Ryan C got involved in a crash, finished 35th, and Noah Gregson, we already talked about him, finished 36th after. At least he did win a stage, so not a complete wash for him. Yeah, saved. We talked, I I at least talked about, you know, them catching AJ, and then AJ goes and gains points, I'm pretty sure, on both Noah and Ty Gibbs. This is actually a perfect segue into what I was going to get into here. With, with his consistency and him being so good at road courses, I, I'm. I want to hear what you think because my personal thought is I think despite that car not showing the speed, with Ty Gibbs and Noah Gregson's just issues that they seem like they have at least once a month, I think there's a path for AJ to win the regular season. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> I don't think I still am not quite in the camp that he is the favorite to win it. Uh, I mean, it it only takes at this point. AJ having getting involved into one crash, which will happen eventually, almost certainly, that to where he's going to finish twentieth or worse. And on that same day, it'd be incredibly. No, it wouldn't be shocking at all if Noah goes out, wins both stages, and wins the race. That's the problem when you don't have this. Like, you don't have as much speed as the guys that are behind. Is if if AJ keeps clicking off these top tens, I think they can catch him anyway. Still, even, but one bad accident, and he's. Almost done. I, if they I, don't find anything. I think the thing AJ has going for him is that we have four more road courses oh, for sure. before the, the regular season's over. So that's that's his path, I feel like. And he has to keep it clean. You're 100% right. If he has one issue, then that lead could be like gone like that. But, you know, a couple of weeks ago, I was thinking like, ah, there's no way. And now, you know, with these guys having more issues, there's there's a path opening up. We still have to avoid problems, but there's a path. Yeah. The he's good at plate tracks. They're good at plate tracks as as a team, the colleagues. So that certainly that certainly helps. Mm -hmm. It just they have a long road to go. 
to get to the playoffs. I still don't think that they're halfway yet. No, no. they'll be halfway after next week, I think. I think yeah, Bristol is their regular season yeah. championship mm-hmm. uh, race. So after next week, they'll finally be halfway. And for things like the Indy Road Course in particular, I would not be surprised to see some cup guys in there again. Although I mean, AJ can certainly beat them. He's beat he beat them in the cup car last year. <laughs> uh, Portland's an interesting one since I'm pretty sure that's technically a street course. So uh, right. I was thinking about this and I didn't look it up because I forgot till just now. There is a chance he actually has experience there because uh, I, they might have ran there when he was running in cart. That won't be too hard for me to check, actually. I'm I'm racing you to it. And he did. They they were running there. I see that now, 2004. I think he might have even actually won a race there. Did he? No. Uh, yes, he did, 2006. Yep. So, so that certainly plays that, into him. That plays uh, into him, 100%. Play, plays into him pretty strongly. So I granted that but, was like, gosh, 16 years ago, but he's he's been at I mean, the track. Hey, he has more experience than any of the rest of them do. So yeah, so that that's something that definitely could play into. I mean, he certainly can can hang on to it. I don't think he's the favorite yet. Um, but with the way the schedule plans out, if he can keep, I mean, if he can keep doing what he's doing, he'll be fine. <laughs> keep you know running fifth to tenth in a lot of these races and wins road courses. He'll be fine, but he gets caught up in an accident or two, and that lead can very easily be gone. One quick thing before we go into the Cup Series as well, just taking a look at the standings. Ryan Sieg did take a tumble with his issues. Yeah, but look, so if we look at what the Cup, like, he, he's, 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 and he's I mean, not... I always expected him to wind up being the right. guy that if someone outside wins, he'll be the one that loses out. So, so that's, that's not what I'm looking at here. Because, you know, at this point, I would expect Daniel Hemrick to make up what is now seven points. Is If if he has another issue, because I think we've been thinking, oh, it's going to take a win in the Xfinity series. He's one issue away now from, you know, that points bubble closing up to where maybe they don't need a win. Maybe somebody like an Alfredo or a Jeb Burton. The problem, I mean, the problem is Alfredo runs 20th and then finishes 12th. And Alfredo mm-hmm. lost point. Or I think he, he so Sieg had his issues. Alfredo gained four points, I think, on him. I think Alfredo had problems too. Yeah, no, no, but that's that's yeah. my point though. Like yeah. this is he's been super consistent. That sure it could happen, but with the consistency that they've had, I mean I would I still felt I still feel honestly more comfortable in Sieg than in Hemrick, because Hemrick's the one that's had those issues where at Darlington they were just straight up running like twenty eighth. That yeah. <laughs> So Alfredo, only guy on the outside within a race. Um, everyone else is more than a race out now. I mean, they have been, but Alfredo lost like 20 points this week to the cut line. He was somewhere in the 20s last week. Uh, Hemrick brought it home 11th and got enough points. And now he's 40 clear of uh, Alfredo, Sieg 47, Landon Castle 54, and everyone else is now a full race clear. So, so we're down to four guys for, th- for three spots, and I think it will be more than a race here before too long. Now, if someone gets a win, things can get pretty interesting. Well, yeah. If someone gets a win, yes. 
but I don't I just don't see anybody right now getting a win. So Marky's not sweating it. He's he's hanging with Ryan Sieg. I'm not there yet, but it you know it's another person to the bubble where hey if they have issues and I think I'm just looking at it like the, from a team perspective, that team is not calling. Granted, Hemrick has not been good this year and Castle's been getting better yet to dig out of that hole early in the season. But if Ryan C got into that, you know, if they started having problems, I'd be a little worried. Not there yet, but just something to keep an eye on. My my thing is that uh, if you combine the current top five and top type, top ten stats for all of our motorsports, Anthony Alfredo, Jeb Burton, and Brett Moffitt, you equal, actually, you, you have the same amount of top fives and one less top ten than Ryan Seek has. Mm-hmm. Sheldon Creed is the one, but he's so far back. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. I'm uh, he could he could hit the reset he's, button on his season. <laughs> he's 87 back of Sieg. It looks like so. That's like I'm not concerned that concerned with Alfredo just because now I, and I said the same thing with Hemrick. If this is you know 20 to 30 points in six weeks from now, still, then you start getting where you only need a race or two slide. But even if Ryan C goes out and crashes the next two weeks. I think down the stretch she could outpoint Alfredo. All right. Well, I think that wraps it up for the Xfinity series. Where do you want to start with the cup race? Uh, well, so here are the entirety of the notes that I wrote for the cup race. Uh, <laughs> Ryan Blaney won. The finish was stupid and the race was bad. <laughs> and that is literally all the notes that I had. First of all, just because it's the all-star race. I don't care who finished second. I don't care who finished third. I care about who won. And obviously, Ryan Blaney won. Twice. He won twice. twice. He, won he won twice. twice. He won twice. I'll start with the big incident with Kyle Busch and Ross Chastain, just because that was probably this is more we could argue about whose fault it was why did it happen blah 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 but i just want to say that was probably like the biggest hit this car has taken and it held up well so i'll i'll give nascar yeah, thumbs up on a, that. there were it would definitely felt the most chaotic of any of the crashes we've had in this car <laughs> there i feel like there was a hit at daytona that was or maybe dega that was just as hard but just the way that Chastain ran up, ran over effectively his his right or his left rear, almost toppled the car. Just the the pure chaos of the crash uh, happening basically as simultaneously as Kyle Larson saying, "Well, Kyle's Kyle's race to lose." Uh, Kyle Kyle cursed Kyle, man. That was you can't make that stuff up. <laughs> like, it was uh... chaos inducing. Uh, but I mean, they, it was hard hits that held up. Well, cars stayed on the ground barely, but it did. I, yeah. You know. I mean, that was, I think it was just so odd. I mean, Kyle's in the best spot. You can't, wreck. you can't, you can't jerk the car fast enough. Cause I saw a bunch of people trying to blame Kyle Bush for that. Like, Oh, he should have gotten down sooner. It's like, well, if he gets down sooner, Cindric might run into him. You can't just jerk a car when you're going like 150 miles an hour still left. When you have a blown tire, you're going to, you're going to wreck it. I think Ross's spotter did take blame because he was too busy focusing on Blaney. Because I mean, it happened so fast. That's the thing. Like, I don't, I can't fully I, blame Ross. He had I to get, make a decision and he picked Ross. I get wrong. how when you're sitting here, you're looking, you can see like oh, what it was Ross thinking, but like 
that you're going so fast. Like, it's literally a split-second decision. And you don't expect to come up on... Like, that thing with Rex, right? There's smoke, and if you don't get door side, you at least know what's happening. Like, suddenly Kyle's going 80 miles an hour slower than everybody else. Oh, and like I said, I think... I th- I don't know how much of a cue he got from the spotter because it sounded like he was very focused in on the battle that Ross was having with Ryan Blaney. They had a couple of close calls in the laps prior to that. So you don't have that guy in your headset telling you what to do. I'm with you just watching it back. My, my initial take on that is slightly changed where I can't fully blame Ross. That's, a, that's just a, you know, in sports, they say it's a bang-bang play and he, he picked the wrong lane, but... Like you said, when you're going that fast, you don't really have time to make that decision. If if he had the spotter in his ear, maybe he goes high. Maybe. Um, but there's you know, there's nothing he could do. He just he picked wrong and he went he went for a ride and fortunately Chase Elliott, who was coming up through the field, got a piece of that too. And I we had like classic Chase just blaming himself. I I don't know what he could do in that situation either. He's on the high side. You can't just floor it into the turn because Texas is such a bad track. There's a specific lane. If he just goes wide open in there trying to miss Ross, he probably backs it in the fence anyways. So he was in a bad spot, got collected, and that's just um, you know, very very unfortunate. But for them, at least it happened in the all-star race where the points don't matter. Yeah, I will uh, gladly. I was almost kind of like relieved because then I don't care. Like If you don't win, I don't care where anything else that happens in the all-star race. So. Chase wrecked, and I was like, well, now uh, I don't have to pretend to like a second-place finish, so. Mm-hmm. So, that was really the only big thing that happened. I guess Ryan Blaney had a little interesting incident with Austin Sindrick after one of the stages as well. Ended up bumping yeah, into I mean, him. Yeah, Ryan, on Ryan Blaney hates his teammates. We know I, this. Yeah, we've, we've seen it already. I I find it very hilarious that he got on the radio and started yelling at him not to touch his car again, and he needed a push from Austin Cedric at the end of the race to ultimately win for a second time. And he had the same weird tire issues that we've had so, the last couple of mile and a half. It was, do you think that's a Goodyear problem, or do you think that is a well, team issue? Like, like, I mean, no one. it didn't happen to anyone on the last stage. That, that that was my thing. I was and ready usually, to come on here and green like, here. It, it feels like it usually happens less the later into a race we get. Like I felt like the ge- same general kind of thing happened at Kansas. Like there were a lot in the beginning. So I don't know if it's teams being a very aggressive with the tire pressure, and then it slowing down, or just all the teams that are super aggressive. <laughs> have their issue and then they either wreck or they stop being as aggressive and they're fine. Like I don't know. I don't I, know. It's weird. It's weird. I, I like, was ready I, to the, just, I was I was ready to just like rate Goodyear through the coals here. And the fact that like the Penske cars didn't the have any issues. Didn't have any issues. Yeah. They went like so, 50 I don't, laps I don't know what to make with it. It's weird. It's we've seen it happen to other tracks. Happened even like in Atlanta. Like it's weird. Cause I don't want a, it's, I don't want a tire that never goes down. You don't want one that's rock hard and I don't want care. yeah, right. I, but I don't want that just is going down, you know, every twenty five laps. But yeah. like this doesn't seem full, like some of it I would not be surprised if it's a good year with this car. And I if that's the case, I don't blame Goodyear for this. NASCAR did a very poor job mm-hmm. of prepping 
teams for this, and I'm sure it applies to Goodyear too, for this car this year. Like, they were making changes in the offseason after, and I'm going to bring this up for the rest of my life, but after Fontana in 2020 saying the car was 99% of the way done, and based on what everyone says, this car is, effect, other than, like, the general shape of it, very much unlike anything that was dro- driven before last fall. Mm-hmm. I mean, it took them up until a, a test with everyone to finally do something about drivers being too hot in the car. Like, it, for all, they, they had all this time that they could have gone through and made the car better, and they squandered it. Mm-hmm. And luckily for them, if by and large, has still produced good racing. You know, there are a couple Martinsville exceptions were Martinsville. <laughs> well, so Martinsville, I do feel like, was a combination of everything, but I do think it was the car. Uh, I, you know, I would say we just tear down Texas. I, I, you're not the only one. <laughs> I mean, I was very upset with how that race played out. I know you pass. we were talking. You couldn't pass. We were we were talking, and I said I'm not a big Coda fan, and even I said I'm like I think I'd rather go to Coda twice. If we gotta have two races in the state of Texas, let's go to Coda twice. Yeah, I mean, listen, Tyler Reddick's Tyler Reddick, but I don't think it was just Tyler Reddick that caused him to crash in the open. I did say he was either gonna win the All Star race or miss, so he went ahead and ended that early on by missing. Uh, and just he got up, just got loose, Larson. Goes in and walls it, and no one could pass anybody. It's just with tires meaning as much as they've usually meant. I would have expected maybe Blaney to hold on the lead, but a lot of the other guys to go up. I think there were six or seven cars that stayed out uh, at that last. I think it was the last caution, so like twenty-five yeah. to go, or whatever, well, or a little bit more, a, a little. What should have been the last caution? What? Sure, sure. What should have been the last caution? Uh, and I, th- I think there were six guys that stayed out, and I want to say they all finished in the top nine. Like after a twenty-lap run, the speeds were enough that everyone should have been able to pass them, but you couldn't. You couldn't. You just you couldn't. It was a bad race. Regardless of the finish and the controversy there, the race itself was bad. I do not want to come back here for the All-Star race. It oh, was bad. I already, race. I already hated it before this race. I thought it was dumb to take people halfway across the country for an exhibition race, especially one in the middle of the season. It was a little bit different, right, with the, with, uh, the Coliseum. It's the beginning of the season. So and one, I'll, people I'll can get there back. early if they want, and and you know, not like they're rushing one race to another. But then there are two weeks after that before we got to the next race. And, and also with the Coliseum, I mean, I don't know if I love the idea of just sending everybody across country like just for a race like that. But that was that was different. That sure, was sure. cool. But I would I not be if we did it again. And I still think if we did it again, NASCAR should. Give the team some... If we're going to go back out there two weeks, or I guess three weeks after that, two races after that, NASCAR needs to do more, I think, to brunt some of the cost or help the teams like keep some stuff out there. Maybe, maybe we start the season at Sonoma? I think that would piss listen, a lot of people off. <laughs> listen, I would gladly take it. Listen, I... I, I'm I'm a traditionalist in that sense. Like you, there's Bro, times you weren't I, even alive. Yeah, 
I, I know, I know. I said traditionalist. I didn't say I'd seen it, but like, I, I can get behind that. There's there's moves that NASCAR made. I think a lot of people, I think there's a lot of fans now today that don't realize they didn't start the season with the Daytona 500 until the 80s. I don't think a lot of people yeah. realize that. If they, well, if I mean, they were in the 80s, like some that, of the 80s, yeah. they didn't. It was. Well, no, that's right. Yeah, not 1980. I mean, I'm was, just saying, yeah. it was a good chunk of the yeah. 80s, too. Or... Yeah, like, my point is, is like, if if they did something like that and started the season somewhere else other than the Daytona 500 in, in terms of point races, people people would act like it's getting rid of the Southern 500. It's I, a big deal. It's not the same to me. I it's think it's, it's more likely that they get rid of the playoffs and they start the season not at the Daytona 500. That's, that's fair. With what it's become, I would agree. With what it's become, with yeah. the way the TV treats it, <laughs> the lead and everything, it... I mean, personally, I kind of hate a lot of how the Daytona 500 is treated because I think it's kind of, based on how I've, the conversations I've had with other people, it, it's kind of confusing. Because it, while it is a big race, it's not technically, in the grand scheme of things, any more important than any other race. Uh, obviously, to like your legacy and everything, but within that season, it's no more important than Fontana the week after. So we go into it. We call it the Super Bowl of NASCAR. Well, you win the Super Bowl, you win the championship. Right. I would also argue it's not the biggest race in the season in terms of the points because the Coke 600 has four stages. You get yes, more points in that race. That's also true. That's also yeah. true. <laughs> for now. Yeah, for now. Uh, we'll, we'll see what NASCAR does. But, but I, I mean, you've talked a lot about going to like Bowman Gray or somewhere. And I. That's why. Part of it was it was you know it was in Charlotte everyone not everyone but most people are in Charlotte, so I think that I think it should be in the area. I think the one exception, and I mean that can include like you know Martinsville. It's very close to being in the area. I think there's a lot of other short tracks in that area that you know the, one, the, the furthest. Be. And I don't actually I I don't well they can't go to Bristol. I mean we just, they can't. No, because it's covered in dirt. It's covered in dirt. So it's covered in dirt. Bristol. Yeah, they can't go to Bristol. Uh, I would not be opposed if they found a way to go to Bristol three times. And we get the concrete twice. I would not be opposed to it. Just saying. <laughs> I, um, I would agree. But I mean, I think you know if they get the facilities up there, I do think an all-star race at North Wilkesboro would be pretty freaking cool. I, you know, that's a little ways away. It I think a little ways away. I think that would be awesome. I would agree. I think if they get it back up to that and they give it a truck race and people start coming, I don't know if we'll ever see a points race there. Maybe we will, but in the all-star race there would be pretty damn cool. Some other tracks that come to mind, I've already mentioned Bowman Gray. I think they could pull it off because they, they did it at the Coliseum. The track's already at Bowman Gray. I think the argument for that is the seating, fair, but I think it'd be really cool. I think the atmosphere would uh, be... DB, I think it was DBC talked about this. and mm -hmm. I, I've talked about a lot. NASCAR cares more about the, the fan, the stadium's the seating being full than the number of people in the seats. Uh, and I've talked about a lot. It looks a lot. It looks better on TV. Like, But the other thing is, when and I didn't think about this because we don't go to the track that often, but uh, they mentioned it is that when you're bringing sponsors to the track and they look up and they see 60,000 people in 60,000 seats, it's a lot easier for, to get them to understand the value than when they see 60,000 people in 120,000 seats. Mm -hmm. So personally, 
I mean, you can have an electric atmosphere at 20,000 seats. I, I would agree. Like, I, I, I'm, we, pretty, sure, events. I'm pretty sure a vast oh, yeah. majority of the ticket sales just go to the track anyway, as it should. There's a lot of the revenue that's janked up, They but ticket sales should go mostly to the track, I think. So I don't, like, it shouldn't matter much to NASCAR mm. how many tickets they sell as long as it's full. And, I mean, uh, I imagine a cup race at Bowman Gray, North of Wilkesboro, even if it's the Ulster race, the fairgrounds. I think South Boston's another one they could try. It would immediately fill up, mm-hmm. immediately sell out, and it would be great. I so that's that's what I want. And it sounds like you're on the same page. I think there's a lot of people I know. I want Nate a lot Ryan of things be- for the All Star race because I think yeah. the All Star race has. It's probably not this bad, but to me, in terms of the the importance of it, it's reached almost Pro Bowl level. It's it's getting there. I mean, the the the, the yeah. clash at least opens the season. It opens the season, so even if it you don't win a million dollars, you want to get that first one of the year. It's real cool to get it. You get especially now you get talked about for two weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially if they keep going like to places like this. It doesn't have to always be, you know, the Coliseum, but if they can figure out other things, there's some value there. It's cool. A lot of attention will be there. And at this point, the All-Star Race just feels like, especially now that it's at a, I think, it almost needs to be either at Charlotte or a non-regular cup track. I know, like, Nate Ryan. It just feels like a weird, weird cup race that just gives you a little bit more money and no point at this point. Like, Nate Nate Ryan had a take earlier today that was that he, I think it was actually too, he he tweeted an old article he had, but he thinks, you know, they, it's either got to be in Charlotte or they just got to get rid of it. I don't think they got to get rid of it. I don't think it has to be at Charlotte, but it has to be somebody, it has to be somewhere else other than Texas. It has to. As, very disappointed when I heard Marcus Smith get on the radio today and said, oh, we're, we have no plans to move it because of the ticket yeah, sale. Yeah, but, like, Texas has always kind of been SMI's baby. It, it has, but this is why people hate him. No, I get it. <laughs> I get it. But, I mean, like, they're going to – they are going to – they'll never kill Texas. Like, it would have to straight up become entirely unprofitable, I think, for them to do anything with it. Because that has always kind of been SMI's baby. It's – I don't think it's impossible, but I would agree that it's years down the road. Like I don't it think would, it would have to up. be like twenty thousand people showing up, like NASCAR threatening them, like because they will. That is, that's. I mean, really, what started SMI, honestly, like <laughs> at least in terms of NASCAR, like that was their track. They did a lot back in the nineties to get it a date. Did a lot in the two thousands to get it a second one. And I think I'd I think we'll go back there next year. He's he, that company is worth just you know millions of billions of dollars. If you're gonna keep going there, I don't care how many freaking how much freaking money it's gonna cost it's you. On the freaking Legends track, man, it would have been more fun than would have been. My my whole point is change the track. If if you're not gonna kill the track, you have to reconfigure it. The racing there sucks. They're the only just... thing. I was, oh, go on. They're just stuck in this weird spot where, like, like most big companies, right? 
They don't want to admit they made a mistake. And the tracks have been reconfigured, repaved so recently that there is no way to do it right now that isn't just admitting you made a mistake. Well, I mean, they, they did that with Kentucky. They reconfigured that. They screwed it up. They made some minor reconfigurations, and they just killed it. Yeah, but <laughs> the problem is they ain't going to kill Texas. So. Yeah, it's just, I, I don't know. I, I was going to say. IndyCar is almost certainly not going there next year. Mm-hmm. I mean, if I'm NASCAR, I kind of sit there and I go, you lose the playoff date or you give us back the All-Star race. Like They got to do something. Put it somewhere, anywhere. Any, that I, is not any further west than Texas. Hell, honestly, rather go to Dover. Like, would straight well, up rather go to Dover again. Dover's gonna need lights if they want that to happen. I so. agree, hundred percent. But <laughs> it just would be, be another hurdle to overcome. It was, it was a bad race. It was a bad race. It, it it was a bad race, and we we haven't even touched the finish. That's how much we uh. just hate Texas. The finish. We've been talking about I, we, that for we, minutes. I, I we're very hopeful, I think, going into it about I, I was how it would so be. Bad. So many of the other mile every race has been good this year, and the race the really the only race I think before this that you would say was bad was Martinsville. Like Phoenix wasn't fantastic, Richmond wasn't fantastic, but I don't think they were bad races. If those were like the worst races we had in the year, it'd be a pretty damn good year. Martinsville there's a lot of explaining that can go into why it was bad and why this probably won't happen again or can be pretty easily changed. A gear change takes care of a lot of the issues. It being just less cold it, takes it care of some of the issues. The race. What was <laughs> that? The fans, there was, it was like sleeting. Yeah, yeah. But it was snowing. It was awful. <laughs> so it being less cold, it, having different... Like, I'm not opposed to shifting on ovals. I wouldn't opposed to shifting in Martinsville. Mm-hmm. Or Bristol or Richmond, like maybe you could get away with it. In Richmond would be okay, but Martinsville and Bristol, no, they should. You shouldn't be shifting there. So gear change, warmer weather, I think does a lot to make it better. I still think they. I don't think it's going to take us to what most of us want to see at Martinsville, but I think it takes it. It still probably winds up being the worst race of the year up until Texas, uh, but it's not by the margin that it was. I feel. Yeah. Texas, there's to me no logical explanation other than the track sucks. <laughs> I, I was holding out hope maybe it was the cars, but no, it's the track. It's the track. Like Kansas was really good. Uh, Vegas was was pretty good. I mean, those are the ones you can compare it to. Obviously, we'll get another ch- uh, test with Charlotte, which is, I mean, Vegas is pretty wide track. Kansas. Similar Charlotte, not so wide, pretty narrow. So we'll see how that plays into it. Texas might be the narrowest ride track that's ever existed. Those turns are huge, and they use one lane of it. Mm-hmm. And that was the way it was before this car. It, I mean, it used to be a great Indy car race. Now Indy's staring, probably not even go there. It, they, had a, they had an okay race there this year, and it sucked compared to some of the other ones you've seen there. So, like, it just they repaved it and then broke it immediately, and it's never been fixed again. And it's it's uh, not even that they repaved it; it's that they reconfigured. They reconfigured it. it, yeah, yeah. That's that's the big problem. And it just, I mean, I don't know, man. It's I feel like not. <laughs> I there's a lot of complaining about cookie cutters in the you know late 2000s up until a couple years ago. 
And the issue wasn't that these tracks were the same. That was part of the issue, sure. But the, ra- the issue was that the racing at them, by and large, was just not all that good. Uh, especially, you know, last few years before. Their- not necessarily last year, but some of the years before, particularly. Had a lot of very bad races on Intermediate. But it wasn't... If the racing was good, no one would have compared- complained that all these tracks were the same. And the formula is, I mean, Kansas, aggressive banking, wide turns, it seems pretty easy, and then Texas goes and decides, nah, we'll just break everything. But, they, they broke that track, like, I almost wanted to break my TV with how that race ended last night. Yeah, it was, uh, bad. <laughs> like the race. Like, I, I probably have about a 10-minute rant in me, so I'm going to let you go first on that finish. So, obviously, the caution should not have ever been thrown there. Uh, but let's not pretend that we don't. Like, they wanted to bunch it up and get another restart. That's tip- very typical NASCAR. Very, very 100% typical NASCAR. Not the only time we've seen them been super trigger-happy uh, trigger with the caution lights. Not the first time, won't be the last. Uh, the difference is, is it feels a lot less bad when it's 10 feet before the white flag versus 10 feet before the start finish line. Uh, I don't even know that most of us knew that it was a rule for the all-star race that the race must enter and under green flag conditions. I thought it was, I wasn't sure. And then when it happened, my jaw hit the floor. I will say there's been talk about like, do you want races down to the green? I've seen people say, Oh, why don't we use ARCA rules? Absolute no for me. I do not care if that was not a points race. I do not want to see us. I do not want to see that ever again. I, I would stand by. Well, first of all, I don't think it would be as bad if it wouldn't have felt as bad if we knew that was the case right off the bat. But even the broadcast seemed unsure at the time over what exactly happened. I've argued for what is effectively the opposite of what the overtime line was. I still stand by that argument. Particularly at tracks like road courses and uh, plate tracks. And a road course, you should almost never need... You need like People need to be dying almost to throw a caution. Yeah, that's one thing uh, that's where it does finish, too much, yeah. Finish. Uh, but at play tracks in particular, I would be a fan of basically the opposite of a uh, overtime line, and that it just instead of being on the one to, or coming on two to go, it's on the white flag. They don't hit that line by the back stretch or where somewhere on the back stretch of the white flag lap. Then you can rack them up and go again for two laps. And that's just because I think we should do as much as we can have races finish under green without it feeling dirty and plate tracks are where it feels the least would feel the least dirty mm-hmm. like there's almost in today's nascar ever going to be a time that it feels like ah oh, someone on the backstretch has this race won it's already over like it's just not gonna happen unless we have one car left in the race or everyone else almost got in a crash at which point nascar would have probably thrown the caution anyway mm-hmm. uh, but here especially like like i said 10 feet before, for, there's no, first of all, those 10 feet, there's no safety argument you can make to me that those 10 feet are going to matter. Oh, yeah, no, we, we've said like, that. Like, 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 there's zero argument that those 10 feet are going to change the safety crew's response. Uh, so that was one issue. 
And knowing that that's the rule for the All-Star race, I'm not going to be surprised if we continue to see that happen. They, they, If it's spread out like that, they've always kind of done whatever they could to make it close. We've seen a lot late in the race where, oh, this the same hit that was not a caution, five laps into the race, is a caution with five laps to go. We've seen it before. We're going to continue to see it. It's NASCAR, it, not universally, but a lot of times it's a lot more like NASCAR should let them race than, ah, oh, man, I'm glad NASCAR didn't throw the yellow there. Uh, particularly late in the races. But then, obviously, Blaney takes his window net down because he thinks he won the race. This is not a points race. NASCAR has a long-established tradition of kind of making up the rules that they go, especially in the All-Star race. You let Blaney come down pit road, put the window net up, and take his position back. Like, obviously, yeah, Blaney took his window net down, and he shouldn't have, and I understand that old argument, but it's the All-Star race. Who cares? Who cares? Let him come back, put the window net up. No one else is allowed to touch anything. You send him back out, he goes back to the lead. Done. Easy, easy problem. And you've now eliminated one whole aspect of, of this. Because people are trying to I argue, and I think Junior even mentioned this, that they'll let us argue about the window net all they want in order to draw away from throwing that caution. I don't think that's a smart strategy because now we are questioning... NASCAR's own safety policies. Which has kind of been the thing NASCAR's always tried to be pretty consistent with. But you let a guy go down two laps where his window net was not your run two laps where his window net was not attached correctly. Or at all based on some of the pictures. I I think he was holding it up at some points during those last two laps. <laughs> so to me, NASCAR would have been much smarter to talk about the caution because you could just I would do basically what he came out and said. We were probably a little trigger happy with it. That's it. That's the end of it. It's an all-star race. Who cares? It's not like it'd be much different if this was for like a million dollars is a million dollars, but a million dollars also a lot less than a million dollar was when they first started making this a million dollars 25, 30 years ago, whenever it was. So I don't, I think to me, the bigger story, not even the caution is that Blaney, they allowed him to run those two laps with the window net down. Quite frankly, as messed up as it is, it's a better look, I feel like, by and large, to at least just black flag him and take the window. You seem like a bad person and you're an idiot and we all hate you, sure. But now we feel like, what's the point of anything if you just let him run two laps with no window net up? Go ahead. All right. So, I mean, I, I we're on the same page here for a lot of things. I think my my biggest issue with this, and, and I have a bone to pick with Mr. Scott Miller, because he's been in the sport for a very long time. It's not like he's somebody that's come around recently and has taken this position. He, he worked for teams for years and years before he got into this position where he is right now. For a lack of a better word, that will not get me in trouble. <laughs> just, just... What a clown. He really just should have shut up last night when he said, yeah, we were we were trigger happy with throwing the yellow flag. That's all you say. Done. That's the end of it. Yeah, it's done. It should have just ended there. It was a bad yellow flag. And because 
the rules weren't made, you know, clear before the start of the race. I guess maybe they were. I don't know. They weren't to the fans. They probably weren't to the drivers because Ryan Blaney's crew was celebrating on pit road after he came across the line to take what was the yellow flag. I've seen bad yellows like that. You've seen bad yellows like that. That was very similar, in my opinion, to the 2017 uh, Fall Richmond race, the cutoff race before the playoffs. Martin Truex Jr. has that race wrapped up. Derek Cope, pretty much similar to Stenhouse. I think Cope didn't even hit the wall. He just got up in the outside lane, kicks up dust. Yellow flag. Truex basically has the win taken from him because his pit crew screws him in pit road. Kyle Larson wins the race off pit road. Truex gets dumped trying to catch back up. Larson wins the race. I've seen yellows like that. It's frustrating. It's bad. Whatever. What really pisses me off is when Scott Miller comes on after when Bob Pockris asks him about why didn't you just let Blaney go down pit road and put the window net up. He goes, well, that would be very unprecedented for how we do races. No, no, it's not. And you already talked about that. They wanted up like a dozen cars here. I'm exaggerating a little bit, but it's still a lot. They're not here either. But at Charlotte in 2001, and they let him bring out the freaking backup cars. It's the all-star race. There's no points. Sure. There's no reason why you could not have let Ryan Blaney go down pit road and put his window net up. That is absolutely ridiculous. And this goes back to, and my problem with Scott Miller, it's not just this. This goes back to Loudon last year. What are you doing? You get out there. You let the guys run in the rain at Loudon. I'm sitting in the stands with a scanner. I can hear the drivers talk. They're saying it is raining. They say we need to throw the yellow. You let Kyle Busch back into the fence ruining his day. I I don't well, understand. Funny. There was even some talk then about oh well they should That's let him take out issue. backups. Yeah, that, a little it different. In, it was obviously never going to happen, right? But, but the fact that fans were willing to accept that then and were arguing for it then to me, Blady coming down putting his window up, the biggest no brainer they've ever had. And they I don't it up. I I don't know how you screw that up. It's absolutely absolutely ridiculous. And, and back to the Loudon thing, too, and this is where just Scott Miller loses me and why I think he's a freaking clown, is that he goes out there after the race. He said, oh, we were monitoring the driver radio, and we, we had no indication that it was raining. I had a scanner. I was in the stands. I had Chase Briscoe, Kyle Busch saying, it was raining. I could hear it. You're full of crap. You, you're not managing the show. This is absolutely ridiculous, and you dropped the ball again last night. It, it was... Just, it, it was bad. It was bad. That, it was probably one of the worst things that I've seen. They're damn lucky Ryan Blaney won that race. They're damn lucky he won that race. If something happened, God forbid he crashed, like, you're not going to hear the end of it. It was, it was one of the worst calls that I've seen in, you know, my almost 30 years of watching the sport. It was absolutely ridiculous. I'm trying to really think of, like, from a, a on-the-track thing, not a, a decision like the playoffs or the chase, but an on-the-track split-moment decision that NASCAR has ever made that was worse. I guess maybe, what was that, in the 500 where they black-flagged Carl even though he lost positions going under the line? Shootout. Yes, that was the shootout. That, was the that, shootout. One, yeah, that, that was, was pretty yeah. bad. That one might be worse, but... The the Ricky Rudd and Davy Allison incident at Sonoma comes to mind. Black flagging Ricky Rudd there. I agree. Yeah, yeah I agree with that one. That's that's another one that that comes to mind for me. But there's there's not a lot. It's a very very short list. I'm sure there's some that are just you know escaping my mind right now. But man, like it's just it, it's on the it was list. Bad. It was it very was bad. bad. It was very bad. <laughs>
it was very bad. I think uh, the whole ending to the Talladega race in the playoffs in 2015, I'm not even just saying that as a Dale Jr. fan. My my personal take on that race is they, they should have let the race go green when Kyle Larson and Jimmy Johnson spun. There's no debris on the track. They got moving again. There was no need for that yellow to come back out and let Kevin Harvick do what he did. That that race should have went green from there and we you know, we would have had a finish or they would have wrecked. I I don't know what would have happened, but that situation should not have happened and I tend to agree they lost or tend to think that they kind of lost control of the drivers there. I think if you handle that differently, there's a small chance. A small chance Matt Kenseth doesn't do what he did to Joey Logano at Martinsville because he looks at what, you know, Kevin Harvick does in that situation. He can't help but think Let's- like, well, you know the what was what's the saying the inmates are running the asylum at this point like i'm gonna go and just i'm gonna go take out joey i don't know if matt thought that he probably didn't he wanted to get back at joey but in in my head anyways i can't help but feel watching kevin harvick get away with taking out the field so he can advance in the playoffs allows matt kenseth to possibly think in some way well i could just take out joe logano and nothing's gonna happen to me i agree 100 percent. i agree 100 mm-hmm. so there's there, there are some other situations where I feel like NASCAR has just dropped the ball or let things get out of control. That's, that's my take on that. <laughs> so, that was fun. Um, no, any what thoughts? wasn't fun? Oh, what wasn't fun? Oh, our picks, that's our right. I forgot about that. I, yes. were not fun. <sighs> no. For the truck race, both pick Zane Smith to win. Instead, Zane Smith goes and has worst race of the season. Uh, I picked Corey Heim as my uh, value pick. You picked Ty Majeski. Ty Majeski, top five. Uh, looked like maybe he had a shot there at certain points. Uh, certainly ran well. Uh, Corey Heim still got a, a top ten. Uh, for our head-to-head there, you had Chandler Smith over Ross Chastain. That was correct. I had Zane Smith over John Hinder check. That was not correct. In the Xfinity series, you picked Sam Mayer to win, and he was your value pick. Top five. Solid. Uh, or sorry, Ryan Triggs, I guess, was your value pick there you went with. Uh, still, <laughs> finished finish top ten. Uh, William Byron was my pick to win, finished second. Uh, Sam Mayer was the value pick, top five there. Uh, we at least both got our heads-to-heads right here. You had Barry over Almendinger. I had Algar over Almendinger. Both of them did finish ahead of him in the All-Star race. I, said, I told you, Tyler Reddick was going to either win the All-Star race or miss the All-Star race. He decided to go ahead and get his day over with early on, wrecking out of the open. Uh, Bubba Wallace was running okay, but it was, no one could pass, and he had tire issues or something, I think, late in the race. Uh, your pick to win was Kurt Busch, and that was also your value pick, but no one could really move up, especially later in that race. So I only saw two people make jumps all day. That was Chase before he got in that wreck, and Denny made a little bit of movement. In that yeah, he, he restarted like seventh in that, <laughs> like not that last cost, but the cost before that gotten up to what, like second, third. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that was it. Uh, for our head, Ted. Um, well, Eric Jones, Chase Briscoe, we both went with Eric Jones, and I don't know what happened to Chase Briscoe, and he was slow, but Eric Jones wrecked. So Chase Briscoe delivers us two losses there. Uh, we both had. Christopher Bell over Joe Logano. Hey, the Toyotas were real strong at Kansas. They'd been real strong at uh, 
Vegas. Oh, look, the Fords all stayed out, and no one, none of them ever got past. Joe Logano defeats Christopher Bell. Uh, Rochester in the fence. So, true, true. <laughs> that did uh, Chris, uh, Ross Chastain, Ryan Blaney. Well, one of those almost went end over end. The other one, uh, or I guess side over side. Uh, the other one won the All Star race, so another loss there. And our last one, and we picked different guys, so one of us had to win here. Chase Briscoe and Austin Sindrick. You pick Chase Briscoe, so you lose, Brandon. You lose. Yeah, yeah you know, right. first time one of us got all of them wrong since me at Coda. So congratulations. I will say, but at least with the Fords, I don't know what's going on. I mean, I know you couldn't pass, but like the Penske cars after going hot and cold, they they looked great this week. And Stuart Haas, I don't know what the hell they were doing if they were experimenting for. They were bad. They were bad. Both the both say, the both the Kislowski, Rosh Kislowski cars yeah, at least finished never. in the top ten. I was going to say, maybe they were experimenting for the playoffs. Well, but whatever it was, right don't, now, don't, don't bring it to the playoffs. You might no, not well, even be there. Well, you know what? They might not. You know, no, I, I think as it stands right now, two of them might not even be in the playoffs. And isn't Texas in the second round? Chase Briscoe might not be in them still either then. So I don't know what they were doing. That was an awful day by them. Ford is very confusing right now. And I... I don't think they're going to figure it out till next year. They're they're probably going to have to make some changes with their their stuff. I mean, they better come quick because Daniel Suarez is another guy. The only other guy that could move up moved up all day. Uh, never was quite there with the strategy, but won won his way in in the open. Came from the back. I don't remember if he finished top five, but he ran top five a lot of it at least. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, he he uh, had a pretty solid run. So another guy with a solid day go out and get a win. That. Uh, that was what's that's the other thing that sucks about the All-Star race being at Texas is is it a million dollars this sounds dumb, but a million dollars is already not enough money. Uh the race whereas before, right? Maybe you did want an all-star win more than a win at like Kansas. That's not true anymore. One, like that, the million dollars is nice, but there's you get the playoff points, you get the playoff berth. Ryan Blaney doesn't have a win. He could miss the playoffs still. It's unlikely, but he could. Mm-hmm. And at least before, right, they go, someone has a surprisingly strong run in the All-Star race. We've seen it before. Uh, Jamie McMurray. I'm pretty sure when Kyle Larson won, he didn't have a win yet on, on that season. Not last year, but... Uh, I feel like when one of the times Kurt won, that was like his first real strong performance of the year. Uh, Tony's first win was in the, with Stuart Haas was at the All-Star Race, wasn't it? Yeah. Yep, in 2009. And yep. so then you sit there and you go, wow, these guys might have a really strong run at Charlotte next week because it's the same track. <laughs> and now it's not the same track. We go back here in like six months, uh, like five months, four and a half, whatever. And it just it doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. This race is bad, and they shouldn't do it again. Well, they shouldn't. Marcus Smith apparently has other ideas. I hope he changes his mind, but I don't see that coming. We'll, we'll gladly. I mean, I can't wait. I think I already played out when we come back here in the fall. It's gonna probably be the same thing, and we'll be talking about why is this race in the playoffs? In the perfect world, you know, at some point. Probably during like the one and only cup off week because we're going to need stuff to talk about. I think it'd be a great time to just go over, you know, our ideal schedules. Is Texas going to be on yours? 
After this race, maybe not. Yeah, it would have ab- it would have absolutely bombed it. I'm not a fan of of taking away, and I I still don't know that it it won't be on it because I don't like taking dates away from all the dates away from somewhere. Uh, but if they're unwilling to do anything at this point, I would probably that'd probably be my caveat. Yeah, right. Rest- you got to fix the track if it's going to stay. Rapid reaction for me here, but um, no, it's it's not. If you on made me, right if you made me decide right now, no, it's not. It's not. No. It's not worth it. It's not. It's, it's bad. It's bad. Yeah, and I be- feel. I'm sure it sucks for all the 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 people that this is like by far their closest race or their one race to, they go to. And like being, I mean, I have Sonoma now that I'm in Northern California, but when I was in Southern California and Fontana, always kind of was talked about as oh maybe they'll lose the date eventually, especially once they went down from two to one and there were all the com- talks about all their attendance was like it sucks but i could at least say that i mostly enjoyed the racing at fontana like i don't know how anyone could have watched that race maybe if you're a ryan blaney fan even then i don't think you enjoyed it <laughs> now I, I i i'm same way you know I, new hampshire's my closest track they lost to date am i still salty about it yeah a little bit not not as much as i used to be but it sucks but texas sucks <laughs> so, uh, fix your crap, SMI, fix your track, and I'll shut up. But you got to do something to fix it. I don't, and, thing is, I don't need, that's why I won't complain about like Richmond or Phoenix. I don't need every race to be a barn burner. If every race is exciting, none of the races are exciting. But that was a travesty. Mm-hmm. And... With how everything was officiated at the end, it definitely did not help it at all. Well, I think <laughs> this is going to wrap things up. We've already run a little bit long, although uh, I think it was worth it. Like, we got, you know, a little, you know, I don't even know what to say. <laughs> we just needed to vent. Yeah, we needed to vent. That's, that's, that's that, so... That it over. Yes, that was I've been I've been holding that in for about a whole day now, so I'm glad glad I could get that off my chest. I'm sure you're happy about that too. Going to Charlotte next week, even if it's not what we've seen at some of the other mile and a half, I'm sure it will be a better race than what we saw last night at Texas. We'll be back later in the week. We'll get you all set up for all the racing action that we have coming from Charlotte trucks. Xfinity Cup and hey, Coke 600. Great, great day in motorsports. I don't know if we'll touch on it then, but you know, Monaco, the Indy 500. Let's go, Jimmy Johnson. Uh, so Monaco wasn't on this weekend last year, right? It wasn't. No, no, they they, was, they came to their senses. They moved it back to where it, it belongs. Good. It feels good to have everything back. Monaco will be a terrible race. It always is, but that's yeah, that's okay though. That's that's I like that it's parade. Okay. It's Monaco. Yes, it's it's Monaco. All the pageantry. I'm I'm perfectly fine with that being. Maybe it'll rain. Maybe it'll rain. That'll make it fun. Rain in F1 is always a fun time. I I think that makes uh, it a lot uh, more fun. What was it last year? Spa. Spa might disagree. Oh yeah, Spa. Spa might disagree with that. Mazaspin got the uh, the fastest lap though, so that was. We cool. don't talk about it. F1 deleted him. <laughs> so, this is true. <laughs> but we will be back. Uh, in a couple days, sometime later on in the week, we'll get you prepped, ready to go for a great weekend of racing action that some people say is the best of the year. Until then, guys, thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.
Brandon Monroe here. Thanks for listening to the Bernie Breakdown. Remember to keep listening to us on your favorite podcasting platform. And remember to follow us at Bernie Breakdown on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and all of our other social media platforms.